Look, up on the slopes. What is that? Well, it looks like a pair of cross-country skiers going downhill. No, it must be some alpine skiers with broken bindings. Wait, on closer inspection, it's... Those Telly Guys. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Those Telly Guys. My name is Rich and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Morgan Clark. Morgs, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm going well, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, recovering down in my humble abode in the burbs, so recovering from, um, yeah, the, the dreaded coronavirus. Yes, as we have to play that little fact into our lives these days, don't we? When things have to change all of a sudden, you're up here skiing, having a great time, and then everything was over in a flash when that little test showed the red line. Yes, that's right. It was bound to happen one of these days, I suppose. Um, but yeah, nah, all good. How are you going? How have things been up there on the mountain? Sun, sun, sun. That's all that we've got up here. Lots of frost and lots of sun and it's been good. I've been out with work uh, in the High Plains, the Bogong High Plains National Park, of course, doing some things with Parks Victoria and it's been, it's been lovely. But we digress a little bit. We've got a, a special guest today, don't we, Morgs? Yeah, so joining us on... The show today is Kelly Vandenberg, Rich, um, who I believe that you have teed up this interview. Um, yeah. Do you want to introduce her to the show? Yeah. Kelly Kelly wears several different hats as far as I can tell with my research and the discussion I had with her briefly a few weeks ago in many walks of life. And I first stumbled into Kelly last year when I was trying to pursue a bunch of businesses that run you know, backcountry tours and stuff to get them onto the show. And she was working with such business at that time on Mount Hotham. That business is no longer together. And regardless, Kelly is working with a different business called Traverse on Hotham, but we're not on Hotham, she's pursuing other goals across many different occupations and uh, and recreational pursuits, including uh, performance coaching, horse riding, journalism, photography, pack crafting, and many other things. And she is also a committee of the Mountain Sports Collective and also does some work with the ABC in Gippsland to share information about getting outside and having adventures. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Yeah, it's been a, it's a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, it certainly has, hasn't it? There's a lot we could talk about here, but we're definitely interested to start with the kind of backcountry side of your life, I guess. But before we do that, can you tell us how your season is going and what you've been up to lately? Um, well, my season has really only just started. So, I mean, traditionally, I wouldn't sort of come up to Hotham until at least the end of June um, because there really isn't much on offer in the backcountry. But uh, it's been a little bit different this season, as we all know. And there was, um, yeah, some pretty good snow early on. Uh, but it all caught us a bit by surprise. So we were all geared up to, to sort of kick off last weekend and, um, yeah, not really geared up before that. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been great. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of... Um, tape it out a little bit, I guess you could say. It's so busy up here at the moment, like school holidays, and everybody's just so keen to get out. Um, and yeah, on resorts, great. Backcountry, not so good at the moment, um, but definitely finding some windows of opportunity in between, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And as you've been out and about, have you seen any unusual kind of snow activity with some wet looking sliding avalanche things? I've seen a few yeah. things on social media. Yeah, totally. Um, I think 
some of that stuff that's been going around social media um, and also some of uh, my colleagues in New South Wales have posted has been in the main range in New South Wales, but there's been some smaller incidents here around um, the Hotham area and just outside the ski area. Uh, yeah, definitely wet slides, uh, especially when we had that big snow event and then we had a fair bit of um, precipitation falling as rain. Um, and, yeah, we had um, a couple of sort of smaller slides, wet slides on um, some higher gradients, um, definitely right down to the base. Well, actually right down to the grass, sorry, not the base. Uh, is that – do you think that's because it just hasn't bonded to yeah. – yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just, it just got pretty wet and, you know, anybody who was sort of up here around that time knows it was sort of – is it going to snow? Is it going to rain? And unfortunately it fell as rain and we've had some warming. It's look, and then we've just had quite a lot of freeze. So it's, it's definitely starting to bond, but it's pretty solid out there at the moment. Oh, cool. Uh, Kelly, normally we always um, sort of start, we normally lead in with each of our guests talking about how they got into either telemark skiing or um, I guess some uh, some sort of winter mountain activity in general. Uh, yep. Can you share with us your story about um, how you got into um, winter snow sports in the mountains in Australia? Yeah, sure. Um, it's probably a little bit more of an unusual story. I think a lot of my colleagues have come from a skiing background or a snowboarding background that's gone way back, you know, when to their family bringing them up to the mountain. But my parents uh, and my family weren't involved in ski, um, snow sports at all. Uh, I was actually a surfer and my surfing buddies dragged me up to the snow and said, you'll love it. This is awesome. And I was kind of a bit dubious at the time. I thought, oh, I don't know if it's really my thing, you know, and I had this sort of preconceived idea about the kind of people that went to the snow. Um, when I, yeah. Uh, been a bit of a, a you know a dirtbag um surfer so i came up um to Hotham and uh took a few snowboarding lessons and i absolutely loved it it was like i took i took to it like a fish to water and yeah always loved the mountains um with other things but um just couldn't believe where this had been all my life and i actually made a decision after that weekend i went home i brought a season pass i went out and brought my gear and I was coming up here, sleeping in a tent at JB playing because I couldn't really afford to stay anywhere else. And I was, <laughs> I was doing it every week. And, yeah, typical snow bump story. Um, yeah, and, you know, years and years down the track, um, here I am, you know, been overseas touring and doing lots of stuff and training. And, yeah, now I'm working up at Hossum. It's a bit of a dream come true, really. Yeah, awesome. I, I know you are a split border, is that correct? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a progression, got into snowboarding, you know, obviously because I come off the surfboard, everybody thought, well, straight into snowboarding, you go. Um, and then uh, within a couple of years in the resort, I was I was pretty bored, I have to say. And I've always gotten out camping and hiking and, you know, doing all sorts of other stuff in the mountains. So I was looking beyond the, the ropes going, oh, how do I get out there? What's going on out there? So, you know, I did... Um, did the uh, due diligence of going out with some people that knew what they were doing and, you know, did an AST course and slowly started getting my way out there. And, and then, um, yeah, just, uh, it just snowballed, excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> 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 um, it just snowballed from there. So I've been over in Japan like several seasons and yeah, Canada and yeah, just um, chasing that froth. 
Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, well, you're not a Talamark skier. It must be nice to free your heels when you have to skin to the top, though, surely. Well, well, actually, Richard, you'd be very interested to know that the last couple of years I've taken up cross-country skiing. So, oh, very nice. nice. Yeah. So it came about because um, I was a bit of a goofball, you know, in um, transition mode on my split, split board. So I really couldn't traverse very well. It was a bit of a, yeah, it, let's just say it looked a little bit like a yard sale. Um, so <laughs> I thought I've really got to sort this out. This isn't good. I really need to learn how to point forward so um, and do it with a little bit of grace. Uh, so I went and took some cross-country ski lessons with my boss, or who is my boss now, Glenn from Traverse Hotham, and I just thought, wow, this is great. Actually, and I live near Borbor. What am I doing? I just went out and brought some cross-country skis, and I've been taking them out and about all over the place as well. So, yeah, I love it. Oh, very good. It's the it's the path to enlightenment, and I hope it, it continues in a big way. But um, I'm sure it will. <laughs> we're pretty interested in your history in relation to backcountry guiding, because um, yeah. that's what you're doing at the moment. Yeah. Is did this start in Australia for you, or yeah, is it absolutely taking you to other parts of the world too? Or uh, I haven't guided in other parts of the world. Definitely, you know, done a fair bit of touring overseas now. Um, but yeah, definitely started here at Hotham. I've, to, I've guided a little bit in the main range before COVID, not much, a little bit of private guiding. Um, and yeah, pretty much started here at Hotham. Uh, yeah, this is my backyard. I love this place. I'm here in the summer. I'm here in the winter. Um, and I guess you could say what I do up here um, with Traverse Hotham is I'm, I'm more of an educator. Um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is my background. I'm a sports um, performance mindset coach and um, I'm also training to be a um, Avalanche Canada Operations One um, trainer as well, which will enable me to coach, uh, to train AST courses. So Ooh, that's, yes. my, that's my passion. Um, so I actually run the intro to backcountry uh, tours up here, which is for first-timers wanting to get out in the backcountry and um, there's a lot of education in the day. It's not just let's go out and, you know, get rad and go down and up a lot. Um, we actually learn skinning techniques and, you know, things like kick turns and uh, weather obs, um, how to make good train choices. Uh, we dig some avi pits and, you know, lots of, lots of little things like that that people really need to sort of think a little bit more about when they're going out. And hopefully they go away from that and think, oh, I think I really need to look into this a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, well, based on my observations of just getting out into the back country the last few years, I'd say it has got gotten busier. Would you mm. agree with that from absolutely. running tours like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just been an explosion in touring gear for sure. Um, and I mean, what we cater for with this particular product is just people are coming with their new, brand new touring gear, brand new split boards, and going, I've just bought this gear. I'm really excited about getting out. Um, I want to know how to use it. And so we go, okay, well, we can teach you how to use it, but there's all this other stuff that you probably should think about as well so that you can go out and have fun and do it safely. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's just been exponential. <laughs> so you're talking about your, um, your intro to backcountry courses that you're uh, yes. running there in Hotham. Uh, it's, I've got in front of me here potentially that you're running some women-specific, um, well, not women-specific, but courses that are, um, just for women for intro to backcountry? Is that something that you've done before? Yeah. Um, so we ran one last year. Um, that was the first one 
that I'd run um, and I was pretty keen on doing it. Um, I'm not, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I'm not, even as a woman in the backcountry, I'm not that keen on like really surrogation. Like I think um, that as, you know, generally it should be like mixed tours, but we do one a year. And the yeah. reason why I do that is because I've noticed through my years of touring with just recreational groups and friends and, and various people that um, when there's a mixed group, um, just I guess by nature sometimes women tend to take a little bit of the back seat, especially when there's there's men that um, they might be going out with their partner or their friends and um, they tend to sort of take the lead. It just seems to be a natural role that everybody kind of falls into. And I thought um, I really want to take a group of women out and give them the knowledge um, and also the confidence to make their own decisions in the backcountry because I think when you follow, you're not necessarily learning. And um, I believe that when we're touring the backcountry, everybody should be making their own decisions and making also decisions, being able to, to step up and say, hey, I actually don't think, um, you know, I don't agree with that or, you know, how about we look at this or, you know, just being able to have equal input. And I thought that was a really important skill um, to have and probably something that was a little bit lacking, I think, in, fem- in females that were in mixed groups that I'd toured with. So that's why we do it. No, I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, yep. Can we expect more of those in the future, Kelly? Yeah, so um, we've got one running this year. I'm super excited about it. Um, uh, it's on the 7th of August, which is a Sunday. Um, and if it's anything like last last year, which was kind of a really strange year to do it because we are in and out of lockdowns all season, um, I could have booked it three times over last season. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, it was so popular. <laughs> it was so popular. We, we had a full day and the ladies had an awesome time. We just had so much fun and, yeah, it was great. And everybody learnt heaps and um, I've had a lot of rebookings from, you know, ladies that came out on that tour and then wanted to go out on another one. And yeah, it's been great. And they've kept contact with me and I see them out touring too, which is really awesome. Like, you know, they've formed their own little groups and gone out and, yeah, and they're out there doing it, which is what it's all about. Yeah, great. What's the best way for people to try and get on that course or is it already booked out already uh no it's not there's still um spots available so go to traverse hotham um the website or there is a facebook page as well which will lead you to the website and um when you look in the um the menu there's all the backcountry options in the menu and there is the women's tour there and you can go ahead and advance book online very exciting, and I'm assuming people need to bring their own stuff to it. Does Traverse rent out some gear? We don't rent it um, as such, but uh, we're closely aligned with another company um, on the mountain that have got an amazing amount of backcountry gear, and they rent rent all the stuff out. Oh, fantastic! Yep. Sounds like a really good opportunity, and I hope I hope many people get up there for that. But um, sticking with the snow yep. theme, I yeah. also know that. You're on the committee for the Mountain Safety Collective as well? Is yeah. That right? Yeah, that's so, right. Um, the Victorian um, branch. Yeah, the Victorian branch, of course. Yep. There's the New yep. South Wales branch now as well. Yep. So what's your kind of role in that? And have you been on the committee for a long time or is it a new kind of venture? Um, it's reasonably new. Um, I guess uh, – how did I get involved in that? Um, I think I was – I was dobbed in originally, actually, um, by uh, Cam Walker, who I'm sure a lot of 
People oh yes, Joe probably yes. know. Um, and yeah, Cam's yep. Cam's a good mate. Um, and he put me forward. I really like um, working with people. It's it's my passion, and my my other passion is education and safety. So it was kind of a good fit to get involved. Um, and I'm slowly sort of stepping up and doing a little bit more with them. I've, I've just sort of been a bit of a general. I don't know, Hate, hate to say a little bit of a general sort of dog's body, but um, you know, just putting my hand up to help wherever I can. Um, I'm going to be doing some some pretty serious training later in the year with Avalanche Canada and um, MSC have been really fantastic in supporting me to do that. So that's been awesome. And um, yeah, we're just getting ready to set up our Beacon Park again at Hotham. And yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on with MSC at the moment, but. I mean, the best part about MSC is that they do online weather obs uh, for the backcountry, which is just so important. Yeah, definitely, and especially this this year with this you know unseasonal kind of avalanche stuff that's going mm. on. So yeah, it's really good that they're out there doing those sort of things. Yeah, I think um, the last couple of seasons have been a bit a bit sort of touch and go. Like we've had um, just trying to remember, like two seasons ago, some pretty significant slides and. Uh, especially in the main range. I think the year previous to that, um, uh, a couple got caught in one in the main range. A guy broke his ankle. And yeah, it was, there's been some stuff going on for the last few years because we've had a bit of a change in our storm cycles as well. So, you know, we've been getting these big dumps and then, you know, um, a lot of storm slab uh, on top of non-cohesive layers. It's not a good recipe. So you really got to sort of think about what you're doing before you go out. The more kind of information and um, you know, awareness there is out there about that sort of thing, um, the better, yeah, in totally. my opinion. Yep. Um, so you mentioned just before that you were going to do some training later this year with Avalanche Canada. Um, yep. What sort of course are you going to do and what sort of doors is that going to open up for you, Kelly? Uh, so I've done all the recreational training. So I've done up to AST2 um, with Avalanche Canada. And I just um, was really interested in, I guess, more of the education and and um, snow observation, weather observation side of things. So I'm doing mm-hmm. Operations 1, which is the first professional level with Avalanche Canada, which will allow me to be a professional um, observer uh, if I wish, um, which I believe I'll probably do some observations for Mountain Safety Collective in Victoria after that. And it also will um, enable me with a few other bits and pieces that I have to put on top of it uh, to deliver uh, the recreational courses in Victoria if, if I wish to. So that's, that's kind of where I'd like to head. Um, but at the moment I'm just – I'm calling this the year of the course um, <laughs> because, because I've, I had quite a few bits and pieces on the go um, which were all cancelled the last couple of years because of COVID, and then it's just exploded. So I've, I've just come off another course in Tasmania, and now I've got to put my head down and and get it all together for this one, which is you know pretty significant as well. We're going to be doing it in Charlotte's Pass in September, and I've got a big trip to Kyrgyzstan before that as well. So whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> yeah, I'm just like it's just yeah a bit busy, but I'm really I'm really excited about it, and I'm really excited about the opportunity to do it. Um, and it's even more exciting that it's been able to um, be offered in Australia uh, this time around, so I don't have to go to Canada. 
Oh right. So the so the course with Avalanche Canada is in yep. Australia. Yeah, right. In yeah, it's the first time they've done it. Um so oh, cool. it's yeah, so Mountain Safety Collective, um, in conjunction with Alpine Access have gotten together and um organized for this education for us. Um so these are people that um are either involved with Mountain Safety Collective in some other way or um want to move on to um, work in a more professional sort of level. So um, it's, yeah, they've brought, they're bringing trainers over from Canada to do it at Charlotte's Pass for us, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Kelly, moving away from the snow a little bit, um, we might come back to it, but yep. I spoke to you on the phone a few weeks ago. It seems like you've got a lot going on outside of winter as well, and um, I don't really know where to start, but pack rafting seems like the right spot. <laughs> okay. uh, and this is fr- fresh in my mind too because I've uh, read through the Mountain Journal um, mm. that's been published in, in collaboration with Lamont, and it's fantastic. And I'm assuming that you wrote that Piece about uh, that, or is it a friend? Or uh, no, actually, I, I wrote the intro. Um, but Daniel Sherwin, who was one of the um, other group members in the expedition, uh, he actually wrote it. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. well, it's very well, yeah. very well written. And the intro is probably yeah. the best part, mind you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it it really grabbed my attention because it's you know, 120 k's of pack rafting down the Dargo River. It's not the typical kind of river that whitewater paddlers team to chase the famous ones obviously are, are well known this is yep. certainly one that's not well known what was the inspiration behind this adventure um well me personally um i like to do things that uh haven't been done or are hard to do <laughs> um and i just like getting out into the mountains it doesn't matter where it is um really enjoy just getting out on adventures and you know pushing my limits and and daniel had been thinking about doing this for a bit and i've um i know daniel through ski touring He's quite. He's a very competent um, split boarder and ski tourer, and um, he said to me, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you reckon?" And I said, "It sounds really crazy. Let's do it." <laughs> wow. um, so we found like um, a story about some guys that had done it, um, like over ten years ago. So from the source of the Dargo, um, sort of off the back of Hotham. Um, with kayaks, but they'd done it at the end of ski season. So they'd actually like scooted in their kayaks in the snow down to the. But, oh, but that's it, pretty it's, cool. Yeah, yeah but it, 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 apparently it wasn't that easy. So yeah, no, it sounds, yeah, it sounds I can only imagine. It's pretty, it pretty hectic, I heard. But um, and they paddled it, and their report was pretty brief, but the, there was enough in it for us to think this is worth having a walk. Um, and unusually so, the water levels between Christmas and New Year's went up and we we're looking at it and we just went, this is pretty weird that there's a lot of water this time of year, but what the heck, we're just going to go. So we put a team together. Um, so the other half of the team was my partner, um, Patty Howlett, and uh, a friend of um, Daniel's Claire uh, Gilder, and she's a really competent paddler as well. So, yeah, we, we went and it was epic. It was epic. Um, yeah, it certainly sounded epic. Um, yeah, reading through that and you yeah. know, a couple of sketchy portages as well by the sounds of it. But those pack crafts, I'm super interested in. Like they're yeah. obviously becoming a, a bit of a boom. Like there's a lot of people getting in now and, and paddling them in all sorts of places yeah. that maybe you wouldn't take a kayak or maybe you yeah. feel safer in a pack raft. And like, can you tell us how they handle and, you know, are they, as they suggest, a true pack raft or easy to carry in? 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely you can carry him in. I wouldn't say easy in this case. Like, you know, we did, I don't know, 600 metres of vert in a couple of Ks, like down. Yeah, right, okay. Um, <laughs> like we're actually thinking of roping up. That's how steep it was. Wow, wow, um, wow, wow. I was carrying, I don't know, 26, 27 Ks on my back. Paddy, who's significantly bigger than me, was carrying 35 kilos. Um, it was pretty hectic getting in there and it was just bush bashing all the way down. Um, yeah, but definitely in terms of accessibility, pack rafts are awesome and they are so tough. Like you think, oh, it's like a floaty rubber duck, ducky sort of thing. You, you know, it'll <laughs> pop, pop as soon as it hits a rock, but they're amazing. They're like, you know, I've been sort of regularly paddling sort of grade three, the rapids in them. I'm actually going to do the Snowy River Extreme Race at the end of um, October mm-hmm. uh, in in a pack raft. <laughs> I love them. They're, they're versatile. You can launch them off the top of waterfalls. You can do everything with them. They're amazing. Yeah, we we spoke to Mark Oates last year in an interview, uh, and he he was raving yeah. about them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Mark's I'm ass- right yeah. into it. Yeah, he's right into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming these pack rafts still have like multiple um, baffles in them. <laughs> I'm assuming they're not like too super lightweight that it's just one compartment of air inside them. Oh no, it's just it's just one big blow up thing. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no. Oh god, get a puncture and then just whoop, <laughs> get the yeah, glue out. It's like, it's like one of those cartoons where you know the balloons just flying around everywhere. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, so we take puncture kits with us. Uh, they're, they're pretty tough, actually. The new yeah, ones. Yeah, right. Got- yeah, the new ones have got yeah. um, Kevlar bottoms now. So, Ooh. like, yeah, they're pretty. Wow. They're pretty crazy little machines. There, so you can you can pack them for your tent and your hiking gear and whatever else. You put them in the like you put that inside it, and then you zip it up and you blow it up. It's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah, it's and the stuff that you can get into. Yeah, that's like, amazing. Yeah, I've been getting into some pretty good stuff with them. It's so much fun. Now, now, I just had a quick look at the map before we move on to the next thing. I was just curious a little bit about the journey. Yeah. Um, so the Dargo River sort of makes its way down south, obviously, to the town of Dargo, but then it joins into the Mitchell River. Did you keep going yeah. or did you just sort of finish up in um, Dargo? So I've done, I've done Angus Vale um, downwards on the Mitchell um, a few times, more than once. Um, we're actually planning on going back and doing Dargo to Angus Falls. So it's pretty, yeah, it, it's pretty flat through there. It's not, it's not as steep. Like it's actually okay. a really steep river from the source of the Dargo down to Harrison's Cutting and some of the rapids mm-hmm. and the boulder guns and yeah, through there was just like, woohoo, all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. But, yeah, to answer your question, yes, we are planning on going back and finishing that section. Now, Kelly, I've heard a little whisper that you also like to keep an eye out for lost pets when paddling rivers. Is this true? Oh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, just I've got seem to attract that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, maybe some people think it's great to come out travelling with me. Other people think that it's really hectic because that sort of stuff seems to happen to me a bit. Uh, I was just out with um, a friend of mine, Lillian, who's actually a guide um, for Traverse Hotham as well. And we like to paddle together when we're not up on the mountain riding together. Uh, and we were just checking out, you know, a few rivers. It was a nice day. 
we're just going to go for a paddle. We looked over some remote bridge off a road and looked down and we saw this dog like <laughs> on a ledge at the bottom of a really steep embankment and it looked like it had been there for a very long time. Um, yeah, it's cut a long story short. It had been missing for a very long time. It had been missing for weeks uh, and been stuck there that whole time. It was an elderly dog. It was deaf. It was very, very, very missed by its owners who had looked high and low and put ads in newspapers and on the internet and everything. Um, and we just happened to have all our swift water rescue gear with us. So we harnessed up and roped up and I went down the embankment and made a little harness for the doggy and, <laughs> and my partner took the brought brought the dog up and then brought me back up and we delivered it into the arms of a very um, – overwhelmed and emotional owner <laughs> and then of course it became a story on abc <laughs> yes that's it. that is where i found that actually uh, a story on the internet the yeah. abc yeah among, among a few other things including getting stuck in morocco i think for three oh. months or something too that sounded a bit <laughs> magic, but well that falls under the ca- the category of do you want to travel with me because you might get <laughs> yeah. stuck doing something or do you want to travel with me because it's going to be some amazing adventure <laughs> Well, it sounds like I can go yeah. either way, but it's so probably worth yeah. yeah worth the risk. I'd say yeah. I always get out but, of it in the end, so yeah, yeah it's yeah. probably worth the risk. <laughs> but this this ad- adventuristic enthusiasm seems to pair well with another kind of um, whether it be a hobby or a profession of yours, uh, journalism and photography yeah. and other streams of media. And I, I've heard you have a good relationship with the ABC and Gippsland. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so that relationship actually started in Morocco. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, so I got – while everybody in Melbourne was in lockdown, I, I actually got st- stuck in Morocco for, like, months, uh, <laughs> uh, which sounds interesting. But, um, yeah, it was. It was it was all right. It wasn't too bad. But um, so ABC started – they heard about this and they started ringing me up and talking to me every week on the radio and it became a bit of a thing. And then when I came home, they kind of rang me and went, um, we'd really like to keep talking to you on the radio. but <laughs> Um, we're going to have to invent something. So how about adventure and travel? So um, now I talk to them about snow and adventure and other cool things that are happening or things that I know people are doing. And, yeah, we kind of have a chat and check in every now and then with that. But my background is actually in journalism. So not that I'm working in that area anymore. But, yeah, I used to work overseas for Reuters. So, yeah, and you did some photography overseas too, is that right? Yeah, so I was a photojournalist. That's what I used to do. Yeah, well, super interesting. It'd be cool to pick up some of those uh, articles or whatnot that you, you've written in the past and and hear some more of those adventures yeah. as well. But there's also like you mentioned going to Kyrgyzstan, and that sounds like a pretty good inter- interesting adventure as well. What What's that all about? Um, well, I've got a partner that likes to do adventurous stuff as well, and he's decided he wants to ride a 1,900-kilometre unassisted mountain bike race in Kyrgyzstan. Um, oh, right. And I decided I'd go over there and go eagle hunting and ride some ponies on the step while he's doing it. So, um, but I'm actually over there keeping an eye on him. Yeah, with a, yeah, a bit of casual <laughs> eagle hunting never went astray, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll just, you know. <laughs> wander around on a few ponies with some eagles while he's doing that and make sure that he doesn't need me to come and rescue him. Before we wrap up the show, I do have a question about um, backcountry skiing, getting back to the snow sort of theme. Yep. Um, 
Do you have any favourite spots that you like to go to um, anywhere in the Australian Alps for that country turns? Oh, well, it's probably no secret, so it's not telling, but um, my favourite spots, I have to say, are around the Sheenery Spur area. Um, I just have, I tend to just have a lot of fun around there. Um, for me, it's a good day out. Yeah, I like skinning out there. It's a decent skin and, yeah, I love all the things that have on offer there. Um, it's it's pretty sort of casual out there, but um, also I think probably an area that's um, pretty well known as well, which is, you know, off the Razorback. It's a lot of fun. Love the big mountains. Love doing a lot of overnight stuff. And yeah, so definitely at the top of the Razorback is pretty, pretty good fun. Awesome. And do you have any backcountry goals this year of your own? Like, do you want to get to any new spots at all? Or um, Yeah, I'm always sort of lurking around, <laughs> sussing out um, different spots. And I guess my um, goals this year, um, yeah, I always sort of have a goal to um, try and find more interesting places around off the back of Feathertop. I never kind of get the time to go over there. That's that's the issue. Um, yeah, I I guess the the one downside of working at Hotham is you're restricted to that mountain, um, and I know pretty much all the terrain here. Um, I think it would be really awesome to do the traverse from Hotham to Falls. Oh um, yes. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty keen to do that. I've done quite a lot of sections of the Alpine Walking Trail in the winter. And um, another place I'm hoping to get back to, which I've been to in the winter as well, is Crosscut Saw. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Mount Howlett. Um, I don't know if I'm going to squeeze it in, but just love it out there. But, it, yeah, got to pick your, your window and definitely have a good crew or good friends take with you when you go out there. It's um, It can be, yeah, pretty yeah. interesting and challenging, and but it's so beautiful. It is, absolutely. One last thing, Kelly. Check. Can we expect to see you at the Backcountry Festival um, up at Hotham this oh, September? Oh, I wish, I wish. Oh, um, no. no. I know, I know. It'll be my first, the first festival that I haven't been at. Um, so I, I usually offer... Um, like I try to do heaps of tours and I, I run a little sort of organisation on the side called Girls Who Split, um, which is just a bit of fun. But, um, yeah, I usually do something with them and I usually, like, you know, do a speaker's session. But I'm going to be in Kyrgyzstan during the festival. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah, I know. It was just, yeah, just bad timing. But I'll be back. I'll be back next season. I'll be, be fully back next season at the Backcountry Festival. <laughs> Well, and, and Girls Who Split, that's a splitboarding group, yep. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and that's to encourage um, women because um, there's heaps of them around Hotham and definitely around other areas as well that are really fantastic splitboarders and are getting out, you know, doing it all the time and going out the backcountry with their mates all the time and sort of encouraging them to step up and help um, new people um, introduce the sport to new people uh, it's totally volunteer based and yeah, we've been doing it at the festival, um, which is a great, um, opportunity to do it there. So, uh, hopefully we'll be back next season. Well, Kelly, it's been great to have a chat and, um, I'd love to keep asking questions about <laughs> all the other sort of ventures that you have in your life too, but perhaps we can save it for another conversation in the future. Oh, well, thanks so much for your time. Okay, great. Thanks for having me on the show, Richard.
Yeah. Yeah. No. Appreciate you coming on and, and, and thanks, taking the time. Thanks, Kelly. Cheers. Okay. See ya. Those telly guys hope you have enjoyed this program. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch at thosetellyguys at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe for more fun episodes. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) 